Hey, 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 it's Pastor Cody here. Hey, welcome to our weekly sermon podcast. You know, we hope here at Bethel that when you listen to this podcast that you encounter God from wherever you are, that you're encouraged, that you're convicted, and that you're lifted up. Hey, don't let the four walls of our church be the only place where you experience God. Hey, enjoy today's word and love God, love others, and live life with passion, y'all. Hey, before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, the Lord is fighting for you this morning. Tell your other neighbor, hey, the Lord's fighting for me this morning. I'm telling y'all what, man, this worship team messes me up. I'm just saying. Like, I don't want to preach. I just want to keep worshiping. And after three services, don't you say amen, Carolyn. I'll come over and kick your butt. What do you mean? Like after three services, my voice is plumb petered out, and I know I can't sing third service, but I can't keep from singing on third service. And so, yeah, I just love to worship the Lord. Love to worship God with y'all. Love to come hang out on Sunday morning, man. It's so cool to see what the Lord is doing. And so just welcome you. Glad you're here today. We're going to finish out a series. Um, we've been talking about cultivating our faith. We've been talking about cultivating our faith. We've been talking about how we receive Jesus. How we accept Jesus by faith. It's not by works that we're saved. It's by grace through faith. We understand that we're sinners. We understand that we're far from God. That the wages of sin are death. And by faith, we accept Jesus into our life. Can I tell you, that is the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. Everything changes at that moment. But the problem is, most of us, we stop at that point. We just say, oh, I believe. And we just say, oh, I'm full of faith. And the scripture teaches us that we need to add to our faith. And we need to add to our faith character. We need to quit acting like we've always acted and start acting like God. Come on, somebody. We need to repent of some of our old sins and our old ways. We need to add knowledge because knowledge is power. And the more we know of God, we need to add love. And so we've just been talking about when we add faith, we add to our faith, we begin to produce fruit. We talked about how once we have accepted Christ by faith, and we understand what he's done. We understand that he came into our Egypt. He delivered us. We didn't, it didn't cost us anything. We didn't have to know anything. He came and he delivered us and he changed us. He changed our destiny. He changed our life. He changed our future. He forgave us of all of our sins. He made us a new creation in Christ Jesus. He promised us eternal life in heaven. When we understand and realize what Christ has done for us, it should create this desire down inside of us to grow and to do more for the kingdom of God, to give back to him, to honor him in all that we do. Once we have this desire, then we begin to study the word of God. Listen to me. Do not let the word of God, uh, don't let it scare you. The word of God is easy to read. The word of God is easy to understand. There's a translation out there for you. The enemy wants to get the, us intimidated from the word of God. I can't understand. I can't read. No, no, no. When we read the word of God, it gains. we gain knowledge and we grow in God. So we have this desire, and then we begin to study, and then we go, you know what? I have to place myself in an atmosphere where I can grow. I have to be around like believers. I have to be around people that will hold me accountable, people that will raise me up. At this point, our faith is starting to grow. Today, I want to talk to you about the final step of how we're going to grow in our faith. The final step is this. It's action. 
it's action. It's when we quit coming to church and playing a religious game. It's when we quit coming to church and saying amen. It's when we go, you know what? God has called me to represent him. God has said, go into all the world and share the good news. Jesus has said to me, go and shine the light. It's when we put action behind what we say we believe in. And can I be real with y'all third service today? Here's the struggle. Here's where we lose a lot of people in the American church right here. Because a lot of people in the American church have bought the lie that all you got to do is show up at church, put just a little bit of money in the plate, and walk down the aisle and go under the waters of baptism, and that's enough. You're just going to live the rest of your life full of joy. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God never said, I want to save you so that you can be comfortable. God never said, I want to pour out the Holy Spirit and give you power so you can play some religious game. God said, I want to empower you, men and women and students and young people and elderly. God said, I want to empower all of you to put some action behind what you say you believe and go into the world and make a difference in this world. We've bought the lie. There are many, many people gathered in churches on this very Sunday morning in America, and they believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in God, but they're putting no action behind what they say they believe. Putting zero action behind what they say believe. And can I just tell you from pastoring 22 years, if you come to church and you believe that's great, but if you don't put some action behind what you say you believe, if you don't start putting some action into your daily journey, sooner or later, you will be a crusty, dry, religious, critical, grouchy person full of absolutely no joy. When you act, when you live this thing out, man, do you understand the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ? It doesn't just transform us. It transforms everything around us. Do you understand that you've been called and chosen by God? Not just for your little personal, little quiet, little self to say, oh, I believe in God. But God has chosen you to go into the world and cause things to grow and to drive back darkness. There's power in the gospel, y'all. And God says we have to go and we have to share. We have to put action behind our faith. I'm just going to go straight to the Word of God, read to you what the writer of James says about this, and I'll just pray that the Holy Spirit would challenge you and speak to you, and, and me as well. James 2, 14 through 26. James 2, 14 through 26. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions. What good is it? How many know? Look at me. Look, 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 look. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. World's tired of a bunch of holier than thou. Self-righteous religious folk that go to church on Sunday looking down their holier-than-thou nose at the rest of the world with some big fancy talk. They're ready to see us live out and love out the life that Jesus Christ has called us to live. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose that you see a brother or sister who has no food or no clothing. And you say to them, goodbye, adios, vaya con Dios, uh, see you later, work it out on your own, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Useless. 
Now, someone may argue some people have faith. Others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have some action behind it? The writer of this book says, I will show you my faith by my actions. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God well, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham, Father Abraham, the father of the faith, he was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see, his faith and his actions worked together. Faith and actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And it happened just as the scripture said. Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do and not by faith alone. Rahab, the old prostitute in the Old Testament, she's another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid the messengers of God and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body without breath is dead, so also faith is dead without good works. Father, speak to us. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, convict. Holy Spirit, encourage. Holy Spirit, challenge. Have your way in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, all that scripture I just read you, you want to know what the bottom line is? Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is it's dead. It's, it's dead. It's dead. It's dead. It's a corpse. It's dead. It's lifeless. It's ineffective. It's powerless. It's much like in the beginning when God formed Adam. Adam was a man. Adam was a body. But Adam was dead. Adam was lifeless laying there. And until the action of God reached down and breathed the breath of God in, in, into Adam, Adam was dead and he was lifeless. Action. We, who wants to be a Christian that is laying there dead? Who wants to be a Christian that is useless? Who wants to be a Christian that is of no effect in this world? Faith without works is dead. Faith and action Go together. See, we bought the lie. We bought the lie in the American church. Just get saved. Just get saved. Walk the aisle. Get your pew. You know, this is your pew. Your family sits in this pew. You know what I mean? You come, and you're messed up, and you're jacked up, and you're fouled up, and you're full of adultery, and you're full of alcohol, and you're full of drugs, and you've fully got this bad temper. Your life is jacked. The Holy Spirit moves on you. You get up. You walk to the front, and you get saved. You tell the preacher. The preacher leads you in some kind of prayer, and two weeks later, you go up. You get dunked under the waters of baptism, and then we go back, and we sit in our pew, and then what do we do? We do absolutely nothing. We don't grow. We don't read the Word of God, but we show up at church. We go to church. We put a little money in the offering plate. You know what? We do those things, and we have bought the lie that that is enough. We have bought the lie that that is all God has called us to do. It is a lie from the pit of hell. We were dead in our sin, and Jesus has raised us up to life. And once we have been saved by faith, we ought to be full of fire. We ought to be full of passion. We ought to be alive and be ready and willing to go and fight the good fight of faith. But we bought the lie when we sit in our pews. We bought the lie when we show up. We bought the lie and we do all the religious stuff. Faith and action go together with the winning equation. Faith and action are like peanut butter and jelly. Come on, somebody. Like a, a jelly sandwich is okay, but when you put some peanut butter with it, put them together, that, that's when it gets goody. Can I, can I get a witness? 
It's like milk and cookies. It's like Bonnie and Clyde. It's just, here's the deal. Let me know there's a difference in having book knowledge and actually living life out. Like many a preacher, many, 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 many young people say, I, I want to go to preacher school. And they go to preacher school and they read the books. I want to be a pastor and they read the books and they can quote more scripture than, than me and they know hermeneutics and they know homilytical and they know all this stuff. But, but I'm just going to tell you, it's a whole different ballgame when you step into it and you begin to pastor people. Come on, somebody. Experience, action. It makes a difference. It changes things. In, in the world we live in nowadays, you can learn to do anything right now. You ever heard of YouTube? You want to learn to make snow cones? YouTube it, baby. You want to learn to be able to bake something different? YouTube it, baby. You want to learn to how, how to make caps? YouTube. You can YouTube and you can learn to do anything. But until you put some action behind the knowledge that you've learned, until you put some action, until you start doing it when the rubber meets the road, it's not the same. And we have to put some action behind our faith. That is the winning combination. I told you. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this spiritual growth thing. I've shared with you my journey a little bit and how I was able to grow some. And, and, and the reason I share with you how I was able to grow, because if I was able to grow, you're able to grow. Come on, somebody. All of us are able. For many years in my life, I was saved as a young boy, went to church, did the religious deal, walked to the front, got baptized. For many years, my faith lay dormant in my life. And then you know the story I've told you in 1999, I got filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, man. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and I got set on fire for the Lord. And, and I had this like Jeremiah thing. I had this fire shut up in my bones and I couldn't just play church anymore. I had to put some action behind it. So let me tell you, I'm just going to share with you what I did. You know what I started doing? I started talking about Jesus to some of my friends. For the first time in my life. Many of you, you ain't talked about Jesus outside of this church ever. Because somehow the enemy says you can't talk about that. We can talk about weather. We can talk about rodeo. We can talk about the government. We can talk about all this stuff. But we don't talk about our Savior to others. And so I just started sharing just a little bit. And for some of you, you may think that's small and you may think that's little. But I had to start somewhere. I started talking about Jesus. And let me tell you what else I did. Can I tell you? If you start talking to others about Jesus, you need to have some discernment and you need to have a chosen few that you talk to, to, to other people about Christ with. Because some people, some of your friends, look at me. Look, 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 look. Some of your friends and some of your family, they don't want to hear your faith talk. They don't want to see you overcome. They want to hold you down and suppress you and keep you right where they are. And the minute you start talking to them about Jesus, they're going to start talking to you about drinking whiskey. And they're going to remind you of your past. And they're going to try to drag you down and keep you from talking about the Lord. Find a few like believers. Find one friend that you can talk to Jesus about. And when you start talking about him, your faith will begin to grow crazy. I found one or two of my friends. And then you know what the next step I did? My friends would say, you know what? My kids were sick this morning. And I'd say, hey, let's pray for, you. Let's pray for your kids. You want to? I mean, that seems small to you. But let me ask you, how many of you have offered to pray for somebody? You start talking about Jesus, then you start offering to pray. I love that. I love, to, I, I love that. Then you know what else we started doing? Praying in the restaurant. Come on, somebody. Scared to death. I remember the first time we did that. I was like, who's looking at us? You know what I'm saying? And then let me tell you something else we started doing. I love it. We went and ate at the Twisted Root last Sunday. Twisted Root 
hamburger joint in Abilene. Here's what we start doing just to kind of help our faith. When this little waitress comes along, or waiter, that we don't know. We got nothing to lose. We don't care what they, they're going to form an opinion about us anyway. You know what? And so we just started when, when a waiter or waitress come up and served us our meal, we'd say this, hey, babe, we're fixing to pray over this meal. Is there anything that we can pray for you about? And I'm going to tell you, I've had some people tell me, no, we don't need your prayer. I don't believe in your God. I don't believe there's a God. I mean, some of them just tell you like, and they say, okay, gotcha. I've had two people break down and give their life to Jesus Christ, waiters and waitress sitting at the table because we stepped out and asked them to pray. And I'm not telling you that's good on me. I'm just saying it happened to all of us. But last Sunday we went over there. This little gal was waiting on us. We didn't know. She said, can we pray for you? She goes, yeah. Anything we can pray for? She goes, yeah, you know what? My dad died about a week ago, and she pointed around the corner, and her young daughter was sitting in the booth of the Twisted Root. She didn't have enough money to pay for child care. Her daddy was dead, and so the child was having to come and sit in the booth, and there she was, and I don't know what happened, but I tell you what, we gathered together, and we agreed, and we prayed for that lady, and I believe God's going to do something in her life. Just little things that you start doing that help you grow in your faith. And then here's what I found out. The more I shared and the more I did, the greater my faith grew. The greater my faith grew. Can I, can I, can I, say, can I be real to y'all with y'all, third service? What you're doing right now, I'm glad you're doing something, but what you're doing right now, it's not enough. Can I say that? Because we get to thinking that we're doing good and we get to thinking that we're better and we get to thinking that we're grown and at that moment, that's when we get comfortable and complacent and we quit growing and we quit acting and we quit doing more than what we've always done and we just get right here and we get stagnant and we get stale. Every time God takes us to another level, God has some more action for us, a new action and a new idea and to step out on our comfort zone. No matter where we are or what we're doing, God wants to take us to another level, so don't buy the lie that you got it all figured out and you're doing enough we have to continue to grow let me tell you something about me when my faith began to grow it's when i started stepping into my calling that god had on my life i told my mama when i was 18 years old believe it or not said the lord called me to preach she didn't believe me nobody believed me but i did i knew it i felt it i said the lord's called me to preach and 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 up until 1999 I wasn't mature enough to step into my calling. I wasn't strong enough to step into my calling. I couldn't handle what God wanted to do in my life. But here's the deal. When I started growing, when I had a desire, when I started studying, and when I started stepping out on faith, God saw that it was real to me, and God allowed me to step into the divine calling of being a pastor that he had on my life. Can I just tell you something right now? God has a calling on your life. Look at me. Look. Look at me. God has a calling on your life. God has a calling on your life more than just doing life, more than just making money, more than just paying for your vehicles. God has a divine calling on everyone's life. Those that he chooses, he calls to another level. God's calling you and me. God's calling you. And I'm just going to tell you, you know what's hindering most of us from stepping into our calling? You know what's hindering us from being fruitful and doing what God has asked us to do? Our unwillingness to be stretched and to grow and to add action to our faith. It just is what it is. I got a quick question. What's the calling God has on your life? We used to preach this all the time. Calling of God. Calling of God. Calling of God. Let me ask you, what's the call of God on your life? So many of you, you're already thinking, well, I'm never going to be a preacher. I'm never going to be a singer. No, no, no. God calls people way beyond this pulpit and way beyond this stage and way beyond this church. 
Some of you are businessmen, businessmen and businesswomen. And you know what God is calling you to do? God is calling you to run a Christian, biblical-based business in order to affect the lives of people that you employ. Because you have money and you've been blessed and you've got a good business, God is calling you to do something, to get some action in the business place. Stay-at-home moms. Some of you, God's calling you to be a stay-at-home mom. And you've let the enemy tell you that stay-at-home mom is not good enough and we need another job and you got to get an education. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God's still calling mamas and wives to stay at home and be stay-at-home moms. Some of you, yeah, some of you teachers, God bless your heart to go into this school system to deal with these misbehaved children these days. I'm going to tell you what, if you're a teacher, you better be anointed and you better be called by God to go into there. And it's not only about education. It's to go in to that crazy, crooked, messed up system and to shine the light of Jesus Christ. What is your calling? Some of you, can I tell you, we've been so blessed.